0: Great, well, it's great to come and share the word this morning and uh, kind of open it together and, and share together. Um, just a quick notice: um, parking permits are in today. You can pick them up for the welcome point. All you have to do is run your little card across the contactless machine before you leave, and you can take it away with you. Um, you know, just, just telling you, Jimmy. Mean, I know some of great to be together, and I want to follow on from really what I said last week, really launching out from Romans chapter 15, verse 13, um, talking about overflowing with hope. Um, just this great verse, which I really kind of want to set as kind of the verse to frame our year, um, says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, my point was last week is that we all overflow with something. You know, uh, and I challenged you last week to describe a word that would be your overflow for your life last year. And uh, I really think that God wants us to be people who overflow with hope. That that would be a great description of our individual lives, but also our church. Hey, there are churches church that are full of hope. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh, it's an exciting response this morning, isn't it? Always love that enthusiasm. That we would be people who overflow with hope. There would be something within us that comes out of us. That when we face the challenges of life, which we will, that instead of fear and terror coming out of it, or uncertainty, or doubt, or cynicism, or whatever it is, that actually would come, you know what? I'm I'm still hopeful even in the midst of this situation even though I'm struggling even though this seems to be working against me I'm still hopeful you know because actually I know and trust a God who changes things I know and trust a God who keeps me safe in the midst of life so therefore I'm still going to have hope hallelujah what a great point that was Dave thank you you know, it's, uh, it, it's good, isn't it, for us to just kind of cultivate that. You see, the truth is, we want other people to be the suppliers of our hope. But actually, it's God who supplies hope, and we have to cultivate it in our lives. Because here's the truth. People will let you down. Anybody know that feeling? People will make a promise and not fulfill it. People will try their best, but they'll still let you down. And your expectations. You know, sometimes people let you down even though they don't know it. Because you had expectations of them that they never understood themselves. I can't tell you the number of people who fall out with people because they haven't met their unverbalized expectations. Some of you are looking at your husbands just there, aren't you? (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it, that people act like that. But actually it's all to do with hope. And so if we can get hopeful in ourselves, if we are hopeful, you see, Christians should have hope in what Jesus did through dying on the cross and his resurrection and his promise to come back again and his sending of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Man, that's enough to get hopeful about right there and then. And if, you know, we can't get excited about that there and then, I don't think we have understood the grace of God in all its fullness. I think we're still trying to earn our way with God. I still think we're trying to be religious enough to make him happy with us. Friends, he's happy with you. The issue is, will you be happy in what he's given you? And so I want you to take hold of hope today. I want you to overflow with it. I want it to be something that during this year you start to exercise in your life. Because it's about that. It's about, you know what, I'm going to overflow with hope in the midst of this job situation that I'm facing and everybody else might be going oh look at them I'm gonna go you know what I'm okay because this job situation doesn't define my life I have a father in heaven who defines my life and who walks with me and who watches over me that is the hope of the people of God that's what overflows in us and last week I talked about how we can have hope we have hope because he is the God of hope That's how the Bible defines him, the God of hope. If God is hopeful about you, hey, how many of you know you should be hopeful about him? If God can find hope in his heart about our lives when we're broken and wretched and far removed from what God has, how much more should we find hope in a God who is faithful and who loves us and who's gone to the ends of the earth to save us? And so we need to cultivate that within our hearts and within our situation. As I was doing this, you know, one of the things I do when I'm preaching is I go into my electric concordance on my computer and I put in hope and, you know, 300 verses come up and I read them all. Because by the time I finish reading them all, I'm excited. Here's my favorite verse this week. You ready? Anyone who is among the living has hope. Here's the second part. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion come on, some of you need to hear that today, don't you? <laughs> Even a live dog is better off than a deadline. You know, sometimes we work anyone who is living, who is among the living has hope. Well, I think that means all of us has hope. Maybe you need to nudge someone, sit beside you and say, it's still hope for you. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's this truth of the word of God that's what the writer of Ecclesiastes says he wants him to understand listen if you're alive then there is hope for your life it doesn't matter where you are Uh, someone just shared with me um that they really just felt that we were singing about healing the brokenhearted and somebody in this building was just going well that's okay for you but my heart has been crushed beyond belief there is no hope for me I'm telling you friend if you're among the living there's hope there's hope for you today if you'll really take hold of what God has for us, and I, I and last week I talked about how we can build hope into our life. Really, it's on upon the, the character of God. Secondly, it's by choosing to trust Him. It says in this verse, uh, "May you overflow. May God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him." You see, hope comes from trusting God. Hope comes from believing that God can work. I'm not going to preach last week's sermon again, by the way, but I'm just recapping it for you. I might get excited about it. Third is we become hopeful through the work of His Spirit in our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm. Definitely desperate for the work of the spirit in my life i mean i'm not just well it's nice to have the holy spirit i'm ready to abandon everything to get the holy spirit in the life of our church honestly i'm ready to go chaos you know me i'm ready to just go chaos because i just think we need the holy spirit There's too many of us trying to do this work of the Lord and actually there's not an overflow of the Spirit in our lives. You know what? We need to get our priorities right in this day and age. Too many of us are living miserable Christian lives because we're not overflowing with the presence of the Spirit in our lives. We're not cultivating that walk with him. That was last week's sermon. I'm moving on. It's on the podcast available. I want to talk about why we need to overflow with hope today. Firstly, hope strengthens us for life. Man alive. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You see, hope is the greatest motivation of all. Hoping in God changes your life and it strengthens you for the things that you are going to face. And that's why, listen to me, I'm going to talk a little bit about it as we go through. That is why the enemy of your soul will want to steal your hope. That is why the circumstances of life are going to try and steal your hope. Because if they can take your hope away from God, then you will fail. If they can divert your attention from who God is and what he's done for you, then you will fail. But when you have hope in the Lord, when you're able to say, you know what, I know, I know I'm overwhelmed, but my hope is in the Lord, then strength begins to rise in your life. You start to feel stronger. You start to feel, you know what, this can still work. Yes, there's nothing. I'm broken. I'm devastated. But actually, God is still with me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? You start to speak it to your life. You start to speak it over the circumstances. We start to uh, take what God has put within us. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. We all know that bit. But a longing fulfilled is the tree of life is the next part of the verse. Saying, listen, if you can hope in God, all of a sudden life starts to result in you. Life starts to pour out in you. I know we've all been there. We've experienced that moment when that hope was dashed or crushed, when the business failed, when the relationship broke down, when the prayer went unanswered, when the promise was broken. And without hope, life becomes dark. But when we have hope in God, we discover a source of strength that is within us that is bigger than the failures of our lives. And all of a sudden, hope starts to rise I love it in the psalmist. I don't know about you, but I often read the psalm. And this phrase in the psalm, I often speak it over my life. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I think this scripture is really critical to keeping hope in our lives. Because it teaches us to speak to our soul. I wonder how often you speak to your soul. See, I want to say to you people... There are voices that are speaking to your soul all the time. And most of them are not speaking life to your soul they're speaking criticism, they're speaking problems, they're speaking negativity. Our world is full of it. You haven't got this, you should have this, if only you had this. And it presents false images. But those who, who put their trust in the Lord, who speak to their soul, you can say, soul, why are you downcast? Yes, I know life is tough just now, but why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. You see, you choose what you feed your soul. And if you can start to feed your soul what the scripture says about God and his promises for you, your whole perspective of life will start to change. If you will start to just confess it over your life, but you see, it takes effort and we all love it, don't we? We all love it when somebody comes in, when the prophet arrives and he says, you know, can I just give you a word? You there with the blue shirt, the Lord sees you and knows you. Anybody thinking, oh, I've got a blue shirt on this morning. And here's a great plan for your life. You're going to have a miracle this year. We're all going, oh, wow, I'll have that word. And it's a wonderful thing, and I love it, Jimmy. But the truth is, if that's what we rely on, friends, our souls are going to go barren. Because actually, what we have to do is speak to our soul ourselves. And we speak the words of God over it. Why are you downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God. What has God promised you? God's promised that He'll never leave me or forsake me. Hallelujah. Men will leave me, but God is with me. Hallelujah. God's promised he'll provide for me. Thank God. Because I'm struggling just now. I'm going to put my hope in the promises of God. And I speak to my soul. And I say, you know what, Lord? I say it every now and again. Somebody gave me a pound coin once. They're in the room today. And they said, this is a promise from God that he'll provide for your life. And for your church. For this church. If you go into my office, you'll find it stuck to my desk. Just there. Sweet, isn't it? Tom's tried to steal it on several occasions. but what I do is friends when I'm looking at the bank balance and I'm thinking oh it's going to be a bit tough this month you know what I do I put my hand in that pan and I say Lord this is my hope you've promised me Lord it's not down to me you said it I'm going to live in the overflow of hope that you've put in my life why am I downcast my soul God's my provider friends I have to practice what I preach Friends, we have to understand that. And so often people want everybody else to do it for us. We are living in a world where we want to blame everybody for everything that goes wrong in our lives. And friends, it's in the church. And sometimes you're just going to have to speak to yourself and say, you know what, listen. You know, sometimes you're going to come to church and no one's going to smile at you and no one's going to have a word for you and you're going to go out and feel ignored and you can start miserable and say, well, I hate that church. No one noticed my need. Thanks. And we can be like that, or else we can go out and say, you know what, Lord, I know that there's hope for me. Because, you know, Lord, and you know, sometimes the problem is, is that we're so busy trying to get a blessing ourselves. We need to give a blessing away, because the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. So when you come into church, don't go, I wonder if somebody's got a word for me. Give somebody a word, and all of a sudden you'll start to find that you're blessed and don't need a word. That's the biblical principle, isn't it? You reap what you sow. If you reap, please feed me, feed me, feed me. You'll never have enough. If you sow, hey, here's the blessing of God for you. You'll live in the abundance. Come on, I'm preaching today. I'm excited in my heart today. It's all right to clap. I used to have a lady in my church who I knew in Stoke. She was an African lady. And every, halfway through the service, she stood up one day, hand in the air. I thought she was asking a question. But she was just praising Jesus. I went, hello. She went, it's all right. I'm just excited about what God's saying. Do you know what I mean? I'm not not asking for that but sometimes it wouldn't hurt would it I mean let's be honest you've got to speak to your soul honestly sometimes we speak such negativity over our souls hello they don't like me who cares that's their problem isn't it what are you going to do about it worry about it or say you know what God's with me I'm going to be okay they didn't include me in their party so who cares party was rubbish come on. You've got to speak some good stuff over yourself. You've got to speak. My hope is in God. My hope is not in what people say about me. Listen, friends, I can't tell you the words I've been spoken about my life. Can't tell you the miserable beggars who've put me down in every shape whatsoever. Honestly, I couldn't care less. I mean, it hurts sometimes, but you know what? I look in the mirror and I say, well, they're probably right about half of it. But by the grace of God, I am who I am. By the grace of God, I'm working out. I'm going to speak to myself. Listen, there's no perfect people in here. Just look at the person sitting beside you. We're not about that. We're about saying, I'm going to keep hope in my life. Because hope strengthens me to follow Jesus. Listen, if this church was full of the people who started following Jesus, there would be three balconies and they'd all be full. But they lost hope. And then they lost determination. And they lost strength to follow him. Friends, we have to keep ourselves in the hope of God. We've got to speak to our heart. We've got to confess it. Oh, dear Lord. I could crush a grape. (laughs) Hope strengthens us. Secondly, hope changes how we approach today. I love this. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed and so became the father of many nations. I think it's amazing when you meet someone who has hope in their lives and they won't let it go. See, it changes. When you, when you have a hope in your life and you won't let it go, it just becomes something that overflows from you. And so all of a sudden, you're determined that Abraham was just, you know what, I, I believe God has spoke to me and I'm going to not let go. And everybody would have been going, well, Abraham, you know, let's, let's be sensible about this. No, I'm not going to be sensible. I'm going to believe what God said. I'm going against all hope, believe. See, there's something unreasonable about approaching life with the hope that Jesus is returning. Hello. There's something unreasonable about it. Because everybody looks out there and just looks at us and says, what what, what is the problem? See, I've not got saved because Jesus is a great Bible teacher. I've not got saved because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I've got saved because there's a promise of eternal life. I'm not out for just a better life on earth. I'm out for eternal life. That's my hope today. I'm not here just so that we can have a nice little community and hold hands and have barbecues. Because I end up cooking at the barbecues and it kills me. I'm here because I want to have hope in Jesus Christ returning to this world. This is our hope, friends. And if we don't have that as our hope, then actually our hope is on the wrong thing. If our hope is just on whether I get through life and have a good time, we're missing the point. God has called us to walk through him. And having hope changes what we do. See, people start a new year with hope every year. They join a gym. Was that your experience? They join an internet dating site. I've joined. I've got three going on the at the minute now. <laughs> they start a hobby. They, they, they start a course. People have hopes that take them through 20, 2019. And they're little hopes and they big hopes. But the hope changes how they behave. You see, that's what hope does. Hope changes how you behave. So what's your hope in? See if your hope is in Jesus returning, if your hope is in his promise that everyone who calls on him will be saved, if that's your hope it will change what life looks like for you. It won't just be oh I go to church on Sundays, it'll be actually I live for Jesus today and life is breaking against me today but you know what that's okay because I have hope in Christ. Oh yeah, things haven't gone my way today, but actually I see them through the filter of eternity, and therefore I have hope in what Christ is doing. A few little scriptures for you. The Bible tells us to be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. I love that. Take heart. See, sometimes you have to take heart. You have to speak some courage into your life. You have to say, well, this isn't my plan, but you know what? I'm going to trust God. I'm going to take heart. I'm going to believe in what God said in me and through me. And sometimes we have to speak to ourselves. Remember the story of David at Ziglag when he came back and and the army was speaking about stoning him. His his own men who had come to him because they were depressed were now talking about stoning him. Great job being a leader, isn't it? And it fell off the platform there. That would have been entertaining. (laughs) That would have woken up some of you, wouldn't it? Come on. But all of a sudden it says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. He took heart. He said, you know what? God's still with me. I, I want you to know, some of you, you're in a situation, you're going to face the doctor this year and you're going to hear bad news and you've got to be able to look the doctor in the face and say, you know what? The Lord's still with me. That's, that's real life, isn't it? That's Christian life. Yeah, we'll pray for healing, but sometimes it doesn't come, folks. We know that, don't we? I wish it came more often and I'll pray for it till I'm blue in the face. But actually, I've also got to be able to say, if I'm a pastor, I've got to say to you, you've got to say, I'll take heart and trust the Lord. Because the Lord is my hope, not my health, the Lord and the situation of my life. Bible says, since we have a hope, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. I love this. Sometimes hope makes you bold. You know, when you've got a sense of God speaking to you and working to you, you get a little bit more kind of, yes. When you know what God's done for you, you get a bit more excited. You know, when the psalmist says in Psalm 23, which we all quote all the time, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Don't you think that's quite a bold statement? There's someone who has hope in God. There's someone who recognizes that because God is in his life, he doesn't have to worry about a lot of things. You say, well, you know, Lord, I'm just going to rely on everything you've given me. I I don't need anything, Lord, because you're with me. I like that. It's bold, isn't it? When was the last time you were bold because you had hope in God? When was the last time you said, you know what? It's going to be okay. And everybody's going, it's not going to be okay. Hey, it is going to be okay because God is with us. Because we're children of God. That doesn't mean we don't go through difficulty. Of course it doesn't mean that. That's not what the Bible teaches. But it means that even in the midst of this, I can trust him. Remember three men standing in front of a furnace. And we believe our God will save us. That's pretty bold. But here's the bold bit. But even if he doesn't we're still not going to worship your idol, because we have life in God, and we're not trading it for anything else, and then we're called to persevere, as for me, Micah 7 verse 7, I watch in hope for the Lord, my God, my Savior, my God will hear me, wow, sometimes you just have to persevere, because you've got hope, just got to say, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful in God, hey, that's why we're 60 years on, hey, we want to be another 60, don't we? Because we want to persevere for the Lord, we want to give ourselves to the purposes of God. We want to say, "Hey, we're here to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living." Hope changes how we approach every day, because we are living with that sense of being the people of God. Finally, this morning, hope creates expectation. Oh, I love this. Psalm thirty-three, verse eighteen. It might be Psalm thirty-four. Actually, looking at my notes, I don't know. It's one of those. Uh, <clears throat> But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Wow, what a passage! That's worth reading for yourselves. I think it is Psalm 33, 18. And I think what happens is, it says there, listen, our hope in the Lord, our eyes are on the Lord, our hope is in him for these purposes, to deliver us from death and keep us alive in trouble. That's not bad, is it? Oh, it's profound, Dave. Wouldn't it be great if you had allowed, if the hope that you have in God creates expectation that he'll deliver you from death? Think about it hey, that when life breaks out at me, I'm going to have confidence in the Lord. And when there's a famine, I'm going to declare that God's here with me. Wow, that's, that's confidence, isn't it? That's hope, isn't it? That, that when when there's trouble at the work and businesses are going wrong, I'm going to say, you know what? Hey, this, this is going to happen. There's a war going on, but actually the Lord's going to deliver me. Now, I want to say to you, it doesn't mean you necessarily won't go through the problems. You need to know that. This is not a... Get out of jail free card. This is not nothing goes wrong card. This is actually, in spite of what happens, my life is hidden in Christ. And therefore, my expectancy increases that actually, even in spite of the circumstances and the trouble that surround me, I'm going to trust in the deliverance of God for my life and in the provision of God over my life. Wow. That's why we can overflow with hope. See, I love Psalm 91. And, and it challenges me. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Wow. And then you go on down it and you read it. Surely he will rescue you from the fowler's snare and all this kind of stuff. And you start to declare this stuff over you. And then it says this. This is somebody who has expectation. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but will not come near you. See, when you haven't got hope, you go, oh, it comes near me, All right. You don't know God where I've been. You don't know what's going on in my life. Why? Because the hope is gone. See, but when you have hope in the Lord, when, when there's a sense of, you know what, God is fulfilling his purpose in me, you're saying, listen, I, I, I don't care what's going to go on. Until I've done the will of God, I'm right in the center of God's will. I'm not going to be fearful of what's happening around. I'm not going to allow the domination of, of what is around to take my eyes off the prize going to give myself to the purposes of God I'm going to give myself to what he's called me to be and to do we have to create expectation in our lives see when we let go of hope we let go of expectancy when you let go of what you're hoping God you let go of expectancy remember when Jesus would walk through towns and people had such expectancy why because they had hope I remember blind Bartimaeus sitting beside the roadside where he begged every day. His condition hadn't changed for years. That was who he was. And he heard that Jesus was coming. And he starts to cry, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Why? Because he had hope. And hope meant he had expectancy and all of a sudden he started to cry out he started to think you know what if Jesus is close by then actually lives can be changed my life can be changed see some of the things that we do is it's easier to believe that God can change other people's lives than change our own he started to think my life can be changed if Jesus is really here this can change and he starts to cry out and everybody says to him hey don't get too hopeful Bartimaeus that's what they were saying be quiet It hasn't come for you some of you are here today, feel a bit like that. Hasn't come for me. He starts to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowds are gathered around Jesus and everything's going on and, and they're trying to pass him by. They're saying, come on, Jesus, we're walking together. And Jesus stops. I love that. Jesus stops. You know, I hate stopping for people, don't you? Sometimes you're in the middle of something and it's just a real pain don't you ever get like that i'm doing this i'm bit stop see if you want to live like jesus sometimes you just have to remind yourself you need to stop a bit more you need to let your agenda slide sometimes for the kingdom of god and jesus stops and he says who's shouting and you can hear the people around them going oh it's just that he's there every day shouting ignore him jesus says fetch him and they say come on barnabas he's called for not barnabas bartimaeus Somebody beginning with B. Come on, Barney. (laughs) And he gets up and they bring him. And Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, what are you hoping for? What's your expectancy that you would shout out in the midst of this crowd, my name? What are you expecting? He said, "That I could see. I mean, I find that amazing. He's blind. (laughs) What do you want? See, sometimes it's not the external things that we need dealing with. He says, I would see. He heals them there and then. And everybody's like, wow. All of a sudden, it's a good day to be near Jesus. Why? Because one man overflowed with expectancy. See, I, I, I think we need to get expectant about where God puts us. See, see expectancy isn't about what God's always going to do in our life. Expectancy is about what God's going to do through our life. See, if you can go into work this week with an expectancy that God can use you, hey, he just might. And he might just use you in a small way, he might do something dramatic through you. But if there's no expectancy, an expectancy is linked to hope. See, if you don't have hope that God answers prayers and rewards faith, then you won't have any expectancy. And the truth is, a lot of us have faith in God for salvation, but not faith in God to do anything. Hello? And so, therefore, there needs to be some sense of that. Yes, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to step out. Oh, God, I could get egg in my face here, right now. How many of you know God doesn't really mind? Because He's going to teach you something through that. What God's waiting to see is if you've. Yeah, God's waiting to see. Just trying to get my words right in my head. God's waiting to see if you've got enough expectancy to have hope in Him to do something outrageous. To say, Lord, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give you some money. I'm going to invest my time in you. I'm going to do something because I believe God wants to work in your life and in your circumstances. And if you can start to declare that and start to speak it out. You see, well I love the story isn't it? Peter and John coming to the temple. To the gate beautiful. Think about it. It was called beautiful. And at the feet of the gate beautiful was a cripple who had been there for years. And he, they were going to pray in the beautiful temple while outside sin was marring people's lives and as they approached the man was asking for money as he did everywhere he went i tell you friends this is repeated all around our city people are asking for money people who need it and sometimes we get so worried about whether we're giving it to reasonable causes or not actually what we should say is you know actually let me give you what i have here's some grace from jesus is that a bit corny Or is that the reality of lives that have no expectation? Could God be trying to stir up the church today? My life, your life. Could he be trying to say to us, actually, if you overflow with hope, then actually, if you believe this message is a hopeful message from heaven, that God has come into the world to change lives, then surely that hope must bring expectancy into our lives. Expectancy for people who we've been working with, uh, who who maybe we've been sharing the gospel with for 20 years, and yet one day we have to have expectancy that God can save them. Because if we give up on them, we, it changes how we live because hope dies in our hearts i worked in the print trade with uh for about five years with a hippie his name was he had hair down to his bum and he was a deep purple fan he was like oh you know and he was a great bloke we got on really well and i shared my faith with him week after week and he asked millions of questions i prayed for his daughter his daughter got healed amazing story but he never gave his life to christ and all the time i was there and then maybe five years after I'd left to go to Bible college, I was in a new church and I must have been about eight, five, eight years maybe in. I hadn't spoken to him for eight years and the phone went in my office one day and I picked up the phone and he went, hi Dave, it's Rich. And I was like, whoa, here he is. Rich thing, how are you mate? You know, I thought he was going to ask me for money. No, I didn't. Um, I said, Dave, I've become a Christian. I was like, wow. What do you mean I've become a Christian? So I was like, I was outraged. I've been trying to share Jesus with you for years. (laughs) And he said, Yeah. He said, We were just in a situation. His wife, Sue, went and uh, invited him to church, and they went together. They became Christians. He said, I'm listening to Hillsong. (laughs) He said, It's not as good as Deep Purple. His life had changed. Why? Because actually somebody had had hope in him that he could change. Listen, we need to get expectancy back in our lives. We need to overflow with hope because actually when we don't overflow with hope, expectancy stops and we just see our lives and we we segregate our lives into little spiritual bits and normal bits. That's the trouble with the church. It's so like, this is my spiritual bit, this is what I do in life. This is the bit that really matters, this is the spiritual bit I give to God. God hates that, because God wants to do far more than you can ask or imagine, according to his power that works in you. Great point, Dave, well made. And there needs to come a sense of rising up in us. Actually, you know what, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to expect you to work. And yes, sometimes you're going to put yourself in a situation where it could go horribly wrong. So what? you're going to sweat about it and pray about it for a few days. When was the last time you prayed and said, God, you've got to come through? If you haven't done that for a while, you know the truth is because you haven't really asked God for anything with expectancy. I'm being too blunt this morning. Honestly, we need the church to be on fire, don't we? Hope overflows. I think sometimes our way we do church reduces our expectancy. We come in and we know we want everything to be slick, processed. What if the Lord wants to break out? What if the Spirit of God wants to just rest upon people? What if God wants to convict people of sin? What if he wants to break stubbornness? Sometimes we just have got to get to that place. Where we say, God, I need you to work, Lord. I don't know what not to do, but my eye is upon you. Hope brings expectancy. That's why I think for many of us, we're living with our hope in the wrong thing. We need to get our hope in Jesus. We need to allow the Spirit of God just to come and rest in our lives. wonder if the band come back thanks for listening this morning I had a really cool ending to this sermon but I can't remember what it was but I just know that the Lord is in the house and I never want to overstep my mark never want to be flippant really I don't mind being funny but I'm not flippant I believe the Holy Spirit wants to just work in our lives this morning. I wonder where we stand. Wants to sing. You have no rival. Is that great, are you? Okay. I want to sing what a beautiful name it is. Just, uh. What a powerful name it is. Name of Jesus. God wants to restore hope this morning. Somebody's life in here. God wants to create expectancy again. God's looking for hungry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. One this morning is the Lord just calling you out as we start a new year out out of a lack of hope and into an overflowing with hope by the power of the Spirit. Mm